Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. That's when it got wheels off. We started up and we ain't gonna stop. Oh, sound like you like it or not. That's when it got wheels off. Dave Hill is way more than just a comedian. He has a brand new book out called Parking the Moose that explores his Canadian roots. I don't even know how many books that makes for him, like four or five books. He is pretty much the best guitar player I know and a killer songwriter. If you've ever watched um, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver on HBO, you know one of his songs because that is a Valley Lodge song, one of his bands. He has a new record out with his comedy death metal band, Witch Taint. Witch Taint is hilarious. Like pretty much everything Dave Hill does. He's just a hilarious guy. He's also incredibly well-dressed. He's also self-deprecating. He's also very sweet. He's a good dude. He's my friend. He was willing to be my first ever uh, virtual interview for Wheels Off. So we both sat in front of our laptops, sheltered in place, me in New York, Dave in Ohio, and we talked over Skype. And it was fun, and it was sweet, and it was funny, and it was cool because we were able to do something that felt, you know, productive and fun. Like, I love talking to Dave. He makes me laugh all the time. And yeah, for me, it wasn't the same as sitting in a room with Dave Hill, but I still got to record a conversation for you to listen to, learn from, hopefully. And I think Dave does have a great perspective on things. Um, He's very much um, a jack of all trades, a man of many talents. He's so good at so many different things, and he refuses to stay in his lane. And to me, that's very inspiring because, you know, I I myself would like to have multiple lanes, but I also have a voice in my head that's always telling me, stay in your lane, Miller. Dave doesn't do that. Dave is um, so driven and not in the creepy way of just, you know, 
the iciness of ambition frosting over his soul. Dave is driven to make the world more fun. And I love that. So he is a perfect guest for Wheels Off. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dave Hill. So this is the first real Wheels Off interview I will have recorded or performed in uh, in the new world of stay at home, safer at home. Um, yes. Thank you for being my guest. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm totally honored, and um, I'm really. Uh, I know you did ask me in the pa- in the before to do this in person, and I was out of town, and I couldn't do it. And still, given my uh, my total insecurity, I still revised. I changed uh, whatever uh, the story to to be that you have had everyone on on wheels off except for me in the world, and, and you haven't asked me. And then one day I was like, "Oh wait, no, he asked me a long time ago, and I couldn't do it." So I'm just <laughs> I'm just giving you a window into uh, the nightmare of my life. No, just kidding. <laughs> but do do you do stuff like that where uh you yes. like wait i want to do that and then you remember wait oh he totally asked you very early on and you couldn't do it <laughs> well it's funny because i've kind of kept you in my back pocket because i thought like dave's my actual friend and you live only like an hour and a half away from me and i feel like if you weren't going and doing like making money in England, being funny or something like you would <laughs> let me drive down and interview you. I would be but, thrilled. Um, well, but so, but so I would always think like, okay, I'm going to save Dave for when I like I'm home. I got to go do an interview and I know somebody will be so nice that they'll say yes to me. But now of course you're in Ohio. I am in Ohio. I'm in, I'm in a tiny, uh, it was, it was a Finnish fishing village though. The, the Finnish presence here is, I'm told, diminished, but I don't know how you would know one way or another, really. There is a Finnish museum and a store that sells Finnish and just all Scandinavian stuff. Uh, and they're open like three hours. They're not open at all now, I don't think, but uh, they're open out like three hours a week. Um, but other than that, is this the is this where your dad lives? No, my dad lives about an hour from here. It's where my girlfriend's mom uh, lives. I don't know why I'm not saying. I I've been I've gotten in such practice of not saying where it is because I don't uh, want anyone to <laughs> show up. But uh, <laughs> but I'll just it's uh, it's it's Fairport Harbor. It's the name of the town. Well, and it's I, probably so small that they could find you if you were leaving the house. But you're probably not doing that very much either. No, it it is that small that you could that yeah. that's exactly true, and I know I sound like a uh, paranoid, delusional, egomaniac, which I kind of am. But it <laughs> in reality, and I imagine you probably have fifty more instances. Of, I did have someone do that once, so yeah, I've made nope. it. I I I never uh, give 
exact coordinates anymore. <laughs> I well, I mean, I live in a little town and I tag it on Instagram stuff and and my wife is always like, "But aren't people just going to show up at our house?" And I'm like, "No. Nobody would ever do that." And then we got a random package in the mail yesterday and someone pointed out a loophole they'd figured out our address and made us a bunch of pottery. So it was really nice, but I kept thinking, "What if it had been a goat's head?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't want that. And I, yeah, I, I think, yeah, pro- all all it takes is one uh, goat head mailer to, to queer the whole deal for everybody. But yeah, I've had that. Somebody emailed me uh, like the a Google map, a link to my, you know, the building I live in in New York and was just sure. like, is this your, is this where you live? Oh. Nothing else. Nothing else in the email. Just that sentence, and then a link and a photo of my the the townhouse I live in. Yeah. Uh, I I say townhouse. I live on a floor. I don't have the whole townhouse. Well, I'm not I stressing. I want to imagine that it's all yours with a backyard. <laughs> There's a backyard. I have, don't have access to it, but there is one. <laughs> All right, all right, let's officially begin. Thank you so much for joining. I mean, I'm sure I'll leave all of that in because I love every word you say, Dave Hill. But um, <laughs> Likewise. W- welcome to Wheels Off, Dave Hill. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Woo! What creative project are you working on right now, and how does it light you up? I'm, I'm kind of doing a few things right now. I mean, I'm, a couple things that I, I have to do, I'm, I'm glad to do. But I have a new comedy album out uh, called The Pride of Cleveland on 800-pound Gorilla Records. And so I'm trying to tell the world about that by uh, uh, just being on the Internet and such. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then uh, and then the Witch Taint record. But then th- I guess those aren't creative. Those are that's that's the back end of creativity where then you have to uh, be a whore. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that doesn't answer your question. I have been um, drawing a lot, which has been fun. My first really? love. Yeah. That Did was you do of... the cover of the new comedy album? Is that you? Because that's no. really incredible. Yeah, that's I so wish good. I, that is by one of my favorite artists in the world. He's named Danny Hellman. Wow. And uh, he, I've been a fan of his since the 90s he used to do a lot of stuff in like all sorts of places but new york press but most well to my brain most he used to do as a lot of artists you know young artists did they would do the covers of screw magazine do you know what that is yeah of course al goldstein's thing so and you know when you'd go and like you know, back in the 90s, you would go and there used to be magazine sections a lot in the back of delis and stuff. And and then you would see Screw Magazine. And I, I, I honest, I've certainly opened many uh, nudie magazines in my time, but I never opened Screw Magazine because I think the title alone <laughs> was I was just like, oh, this is uh, further than uh, my interest. Like, I don't, you know. I like a naked lady, but I don't. I don't need a what's inside. Full penetration. No, I don't. I, I don't need that <laughs> to get through the day. Um, but anyway, so Danny's covers. Uh, he would do these covers, and I would see them, and I would just be like, "Whoa, 
uh, say what you want about Al Goldstein, but he's got great taste in artists because yeah. this guy's amazing. And then, then I, you know, but he did a lot of like flyers and he, you know, he's amazing. He still does tons of stuff. But anyway, so now, um, uh, once I, you know, now that I'm a Z-list celebrity, I finally had the confidence to ask him to, to do some stuff for me. So he's been very nice and he did my last comedy album, uh, Let Me Turn You On, which came out a few years ago. He's done uh just all, all sorts of things but i do draw I, I drew the last valley lodge album cover i do most of the witch taint t-shirts i didn't do the cover the witch taint cover that's by a great artist named tim lehigh and i do all the painted doll uh art and but i did or most i do the covers and most of the t-shirts but anyway so i'm drawing the new painted doll album cover that's my really long answer to and question. when you and and I only know that the medium can be uh, important in this stuff because of um, doing a lot of work recently with Dan Santat, who did my artwork for my kids' poetry book. But so when you oh, do this, yes, which I love, thanks. Do you um, do you just are you pen and paper, or do you use like the like Apple Draw technological drawing kind of stuff? No, I would like to do that eventually, but I. I really enjoy, uh, I mean, I, I do, I, I, I draw in pencil, then I ink it uh, with my fancy ink pens that I bought, and then I scan it, and then I just throw, <laughs> so I try to be a purist, and then I get instantly lazy, I scan it with my phone usually, uh -huh. and, then, <laughs> and then just throw it into Photoshop, and I color it there, um, and I've learned, because because I, I used to, you know, when I was a kid, I was always like, I'm an art, I draw and paint. That's what, and I, that's what I thought I would do. And then I started rocking. I was like, oh, I do this. And, uh, and eventually, anyway, got totally derailed. And then now, but I, I do love drawing. And I started doing, doing more of it, doing it. But what I didn't know is, gosh, you can cut all this out. But no, I, nothing. Uh, the first painted doll album. I uh, I I didn't do it in layers, which a lot of artists do in, in Photoshop because then you can easily make changes. But I didn't, my brain couldn't handle that at the time, so I had to redraw the cover like four times. Um, because like my bandmate wanted a change, then the label wanted oh. a bunch of changes. Um, but uh. Anyway, so now I'm working in layers like a, like a big boy, and um, it's so funny to, to hear this for me because it always it always makes me laugh when um, if I have you on a show of mine that I do and you come out and you do comedy and then I'll, maybe I'll bring you back out and you play guitar because you're so multi talented and it's not like um, somebody who does comedy but then can also. Like I play a little ukulele. Like you're literally the best guitar player I know, and also, <laughs> and also the best comedian. And now you're telling me, oh, thank your you. Actual, <laughs> your actual first love is making visual art, and I'm like, there is no lane for you to stay in, Dave Hill. What are you doing to me? Well, I, I, I do love, um, yeah, I love drawing, but I, you know, I love those other things too. But I, I think this is what happens with with anything i think and maybe you have experienced this as well as i i think like 
once when you went like when you really want to do something and you're like i want to be i want i love doing this and i want to be successful at it and i want to make a living at it that is the dumbest uh bunch of thoughts strung together ever because it's just it's nothing that thinking does not has never helped me succeed at anything the first part i love doing this and i really want to do it uh and be the best at it that i can be that's all and work hard but then like the desire fucks everything up and then when you actually start making money at something then you're really fucked because then you want more money (laughs) (laughs) and then if the money goes down you're like what what was i doing right before and um so you know when i was i was desperate to be uh so you know after college i was like i want to rock and then you know had a little a blip of success for like from the band that i formed in college called sons of elvis the worst slash best slash worst name ever but you know we we had got a record deal we're on mtv at three in the morning and then i was just oh it's like you know it's like uh hanging on to the greased pig and -hmm. it all crashed and burned and then so and then when i started doing comedy i never intended to become a comedian i didn't care i did not give a fuck like i was i just Someone asked me to try it, and I was like, all right. And then <laughs> I did it, and I just didn't have aspirations. I just said yes when people would ask me to do stuff. And then and that became my job, and, uh, I, which is I was amazingly lucky uh, that that worked out. Uh, not that I'm some mega superstar, but I'm able to, you know, have that be my job. But... uh so then in the meantime, you know, I started playing music, but with the idea like I have failed at music. I'm only making music for fun. I uh, I will never succeed at music. And once I did that and was just like, I'm just going to have fun, then I just started having fun. And then um, I I then music started like thing you know like my band valley lodge our song go became the theme song to the john oliver show which is you know the biggest step in shit thing that can happen is to you know just get lucky <laughs> i'm you know super grateful and realized that we're super I, I i i said to a friend i said i need that to happen like two more times <laughs> and they were like it's not happening again no one gets that lucky three times um but anyway blah blah blah. so so things like that i'm able to play play music and then you know i'm fortunate enough that i have actually successful musicians like yourself and and uh you know a handful of other people who are willing to to let me uh come out and 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 you know play to to ruin your songs with you for (laughs) (laughs) playing too much over them so I'm having super fun playing music because um I don't I don't aspire to uh anything but fun with it. And as a result I've I've able to turn it into a nice little side hustle outside of comedy. And then oh. anyway, my oh sorry. I I've, I've had too much coffee. <laughs> There's no such thing. <laughs> That's No, so, hold on. That's I'm true. I'm I'm interested in in Okay, because we haven't even touched on the books. Like, you know, you you recently had a book come out about sort of delving into your experience as a 
your Canadian heritage, but you've yeah. had multiple books published in addition to the visual art and the music and what you're best known for, which is comedy. And um, the new comedy record, by the way, is great. I'm so glad the Guitar Center bit is oh. on there. That That's my favorite. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, but so when all of this started, was there like a an epiphany moment for you as a really young man where you knew, like, I'm just going to make things in general? Or was there like a specific field that you thought was going to for sure be your thing originally and then it became all these other things? How did this all start? Well, I think like, <clears throat> I think, you know, I come from, you know, I'm, I'm from Cleveland, University Heights, Ohio, to be specific, uh, which is right next to Shaker Heights and Cleveland Heights, the more well-known oh, suburbs. Oh, yeah, fancy arts. Those are fans. I live in the, I came from the mean streets of University Heights, <laughs> public public tennis courts and other uh, horrors of Yeah, my, of wi- my wife is Brunswick. <laughs> Brunswick, that's even yeah. meaner. No, <laughs> no, Brun. I don't know if I've ever actually been to Brunswick, but I do know, okay. I do know it that it's a thing. Um, but it's it's not far from where I grew up at all. It's just like, um, but anyway, yeah. I so growing up, you know, I think the the sort of cultural or whatever school family. I think that I was expected to get like a proper job and and where I would go to work and show up somewhere every day. And I was not into that idea <laughs> and I really resisted, but I thought like, Oh, I got to somehow for a long time. And so I was like, Oh, maybe I can be like a graphic artist. That seems like a respectable way to do art. But then I started rocking and I, I mean, I, I knew from like the age of seven, I was like, I want to rock. That's it for me. I want to, I want to be, Jimmy Page, game over. That's what I want. And um, so, you know, that didn't quite happen. But, <laughs> um, but, uh, but I, I think you know, I was always, you know, had the band, the first band, and we thought we would become arena rock people. And you know, I was painting houses like within a year and a half of our first record coming out, dropped from the label, all, all that to the horrors of the 90s you know and then i spent a lot of time with one foot in being a artist you know in the, the general sense of the word and then trying to do something that you know my family would not be embarrassed by or whatever and my family's great like this is manufactured in my head really i think they did i think they did my mom to to the day she died, I think wished that I would go work in an office doing something. Um, but uh, anyway, eventually, I was just like, oh, this I once I once I let go of that idea, it was actually like when she died ten years ago. Because um, it's funny, like you know, a few months before she died, she called me and she's. <laughs> She's two things happened. She was like, she called me and was like, hey, uh, you know, my friend, or I forget who called her, was like, they said they saw you on HBO. So I'd started doing a few things on there. And uh, and she's like, that's pretty good, right? And I was like, oh, she finally gets like what I'm trying to do. And there was this pause and she goes, what's HBO? <laughs> 
She truly <laughs> didn't know because they didn't even have cable, my parents. So she just knew that her friend was impressed. And uh, so there's that. And then, you know, sometime and also the last year that she was alive, I had written years ago, I had written a few pieces for the New York Times. And so she was like, this is after, you know, I was, by this point, I was making a living as a comedian. And she was still like, um, Didn't, can you just go get a job at the New York Times? And uh, <laughs> and I, I didn't push this too much, but I was like, Mom, you're, you're not going to believe this, but like. I'm actually doing well enough that I think I think that would be a mistake. Like, I think I should stay the course. Um, and then, um, but oh, even before this, and I wrote about this, I think, in my second book. Uh, my, my mom and, like, my sister, like, my sister's sister-in-law had a life coach. And um, it was, I, I can say this. I think I changed her name in the book, but she's Mel Robbins and she's like a famous person on TV now. She's like has a TV show and she's relation to Tony. I don't think any relation, but she's amazing. And uh, and so my mom, they were like, we think you should talk to her. Um, This would have been in like 2005, six. And and. I was so broke at the time. I was kind of just starting doing comedy and I was living in Brooklyn and just, I was just broke. And uh, they were like, we think you should talk to her. Maybe she can help you. And so I was like, well, I I can't afford that. I don't want to do that. And my mom's like, I'll pay for it. Just will you do it? And then I was like, I thought I would just get material out of it. So I was like, sure. Okay. I'll talk to her. (laughs) And I talked to her. a few times you know for like a couple months we would talk like once a week and then at one point she's like you know um your mom contacted me and wants to talk to me to see how it's going is that okay if i talk to her and i was like yeah that's hilarious you should totally talk to her (laughs) And, uh, and so so my mom i guess i think both my parents actually got on the phone with her and and so she called me back and she's like, um, I have to quit. Um, so um, she she's basically like, she's like, I have to quit being your life coach. I can't do it anymore. I'm like, what? What, what happened? She's like, well, um, your parents really want me to try to convince you to go get a job at some, <laughs> like at some place of business you know even if it were a creative job like they they're like they they just couldn't wrap their heads around the fact that i was like sitting at home in my underwear like in the middle of the day you know so uh they're like we uh they they want you to get a job and like i don't think you should do that i think you're on the right track with what you're doing and you should stay the course you're i don't even have anything to tell you just keep doing what you're doing which was uh, amazing for of her to say she's like I I just keep going and so I did and now I'm a millionaire no just I'm not a <laughs> but, but anyway uh, yeah so that that happened and then um you know I've certainly had ups and downs over the years but um but yeah I just did that and then now now to the point 
and I don't know if you do this because I think we're you know we're we're roughly we're basically the same age. Mm-hmm. Um, I I realize I'm like I'm getting old enough now that this scam is working. I don't even have to. I'm going to be dead soon, not because of the pandemic, hopefully, but just in the way that human. If even if I have a nice long life, I've pulled this scam off long enough that I'm not going to go work in an office ever. You know, knock on. That's it. That's a good feeling, right? Though it is. It's a weird feeling because I think like you spent. I spent so much time. Oh, this is what I want to say. And you can tell me to shut up with any of my rambling, but. I anyway, but even despite everything I've told you, like about, you know, my mom wanted me to get a proper job. Like I realized like on when she's on her deathbed, like I was like, wait a minute, this is all she just wants me to be like happy and like be able to eat. She doesn't really give a fuck beyond that. And this all this other shit is pretty much manufactured in my head um, that you know, and and I I realized it was kind of this thing that was that I was kind of making up. I mean, I th- I think they would have like me rather go work at the Daily Show or something, you know. Which I fucking uh, if anyone's listening, I, s- I always wanted to do that. <laughs> just never, <laughs> it just never worked out. Um, I think they just wanted me to leave the house, show up somewhere, and be there for eight hours, whatever I was gonna do. So um. But anyway, when, once I sort of realized that that you know that they they were never asking me to like go work in sales or anything, um, and I, I just kind of was like, oh okay, I I can just whatever. This is all in my head. And then I just I think from then I just uh, then I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do Dave stuff, <laughs> and um, you know, so far so good. <laughs> Well, you've definitely gotten into this a little bit, and I feel like every time we're together, I end up giving you a speech about how you're like literally the smartest, funniest, greatest person in the world. But you, Why? you beyond the shtick of it, I do think that you probably wrestle with, or you claim to, and I believe that it's probably true, that you wrestle with self-doubt, um, like the sort of the perception of yourself as being not as successful as you, whatever. Like the fact that you call yourself a Z-list celebrity, all that stuff. I I'm, mean, that's uh, that's generous. Even that, if there were a, another letter <laughs> after that, I'd go with that. But so you wrestle with internally generated obstacles, like beyond just whatever the world throws at us as artists. Like yeah. you, you build up stuff inside of yourself that you have to overcome. How do you, you know, totally. what do you? How do you deal with those? How do you get past those? I think, um, you know, it's a sort of thing. I'm like, I, I did like a Zoom. I don't want to say a lecture. I guess I sat in and talked to students and answered questions at, in a, a theater class at University of Buffalo the other day. And I was sort of talking about this, which is easy for me to like tell other people. And I forget to tell myself usually. But um. But yeah, I wrestle with tons of self-doubt and uh but sort of going back to um I think, you know, going back, you know, in the drawing, I think because I'm in these things cuz I'm like, oh, I'm just having fun drawing and fuck it, it doesn't matter if it's good. It should just be whatever the fuck I drew and that's going to be the cover, you know? And 
and and I I think yeah you just you just have to like like I was saying like think questioning you should try to do your best but just have fun and get it done because there for as much as you as you doubt yourself it doesn't there's someone who's fucking awful and they don't doubt themselves at all and they just fucking go for it and good for them you know but if you don't do it, someone else is going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, but with the last book, Parking the Moose, the one that came out in the fall, the first two books, I, the whole time I was like, you got to make this good. You suck. Like, what's wrong with you? You know, the whole time, which is not a fun way to work. And with this book, I was like, you know what? Um, the first two books did fine. They're not huge books, and this one probably won't be either. Who cares? I'm taking the money, and I'm going to hit the word count, and I'm going to do the best I can do, but fuck it. Not like telling myself I'm good or bad or whatever isn't helping me do a better job, you know? So I I used that approach um, for that book, and it was way more pleasant. And Yeah. And I, you know... And and when you go back, I mean, like you know, with songwriting, like, like you, there's, uh, you gotta. Who was I talking to? Oh, I was talking to um, God, I'm gonna mips. Oh, I'm totally spacing out. But it, I think it, you just, it's the caveman that should that it should do all the work. You know, it's like the the one who's like, ooh, is this? Will this be remembered for, to in future civilizations <laughs> <laughs> or all that shit? You know. It's that I mean, if you can if you incorporate that thinking, uh, I mean, probably John Lennon could maybe do that at some point. Who knows? But I mean, like you just sit down and do it. I mean, your best songs, there's probably maybe some of them you really labored on. But pro- I I would bet the best ones and the, the ones that people love the most are the ones you just were humming in the shower and you got out and you 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 laid it down real quick and then boom it's incredible how much that comes up in these conversations the idea that if you calculate something like you try to make something that'll be like you say remembered for future generations or something that you think is for sure going to make money like those mm-hmm. things that where you where that's the goal that almost always guarantees failure right oh totally i was talking yeah, I can't think of anything that I really was just like, oh, I'm going to make this awesome. And it was awesome, you know. It's it's like anything I can, you know, is just, it's always, you know, like I, my first record had erotic short stories on it. And I, you know, I'll sometimes still break those out because uh, people like them. And th- that was not any, that was just like, th- it's the dumbest shit. It's like look like a twelve year old a joke, of course. It's like you know, like a twelve year old wrote them, you know. And it's always the dumb. It's always like uh, the dumb thing. You have to, and and it I did it because it was entertaining to me. And I think that's another thing with any, you know, with comedy, music, whatever, writing anything, you have to be entertaining yourself. And if you're fully, if you're making yourself laugh, if you're making yourself hum. 
uh, your own melody back to yourself or have you know have it in your in your brain or whatever then um unless you're fucking crazy there's going to be someone in the world who thinks that's a pretty good joke too or thinks that's a great song um i like a year ago and this is um one of the one of the best things anyone said to me and this is a name dropping uh portion which i i'll try to do more name dropping but i was doing a show in london about a year ago just in this little uh like black box uh theater and it was it was it was a bunch of comedians my my managers over there put like a bill of their their non-uk clients together so it was like people from all comedians from all over the world and they also work with eddie izzard and so eddie izzard walks in and i'm like oh fuck you know because you know i'm like i that guy is a legend and he's you know i i you know he's amazing so uh so i did my set and then you know he he came over to me afterwards and was super complimentary and and i was like oh my gosh it's so cool because you know it's great for uh, anyone to like what you do, but when when people that you really admire are like, you're all right, <laughs> like that's a pretty it's a different, uh, pretty special feeling I think. And so I was super psyched that he didn't think I sucked, and in fact thought I was good. Uh, so I was I was like, oh my gosh! But he said to me, he said, you know, you you and I are a lot alike. We we do what we do. And we get up there, and the train is le- leaving the station, and the audience can get on board, or they cannot get on board. And he's like, but, which was like, could be perceived as as an insult if he hadn't roped himself <laughs> into it. But I mean, I knew it. I knew he meant it as a compliment. But that, so he said, said they'll get on board, or they won't get on. But li- but listen to me, any audience who doesn't get on board with you, they're fucking children, <laughs> and like, and, and that's. There's all sorts of mainstream garbage out there for them. So don't worry about them. Fuck it. He's like, there's people all over the world who want what you're doing. Just go to them. And so, and he goes everywhere. And, you know, not right now, of course, but uh, he goes everywhere. And so I was like, fuck, yeah. That, I'm like, why? Because before that, you know, I was like, I got to get on, you know, late night television and tell my four minute set which if anyone's listening still definitely want to do that (laughs) i was supposed to do one actually i won't say which one but i was the booker on one was like totally wanted to have me come on and do do my thing like play the guitar insult his the band and uh then he got uh fired (laughs) for uh for uh i guess me too type things um mm. which i'm not i'm not diminishing um but uh anyway you could maybe cut this part out <laughs> it, was bad, it was bad timing for you yeah at the time yeah maybe cut this part out because i it's 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 not doing anyone any favors i don't <laughs> think you got specific it's all good okay um but anyway so anyway so but eddie eddie was basically like basically said uh a, a better version of what I was just saying about, uh, you know, that there's going to be people into what, if you like it, someone else is probably going to like it. So if, and if you're having fun, they're going to have fun. And so, 
I th- that was like so anyway after that I was like yeah so the next time I was coming over to Europe I forget what I was doing like just like London and Paris I think and so I was like fuck it and I added Krakow and I added Budapest I just I'm like so I figure like the more Hollywood rejects me the further east I'm gonna go <laughs> you know so that's my plan I'm uh, again if anyone from Hollywood is listening still would love to come out and do some stuff <laughs> But, but you know i'll be all right if they don't if they don't have me Hopefully. all right well since you're since you're back in ohio you can maybe tap into this mindset if you were to meet a 21 year old version of dave hill but working in today's world what advice would you give young you um i guess i would start by saying uh always be kind um and if you don't do anything else beyond that you've still done the most important thing but i think i've mostly i mean sure i mean there's i'm sure i've not always been kind but i try to be kind and uh go have fun and work hard and just be the best that you you can you're not uh in competition with anyone at all <laughs> you know and uh and you know maybe you know i think i you know sometimes stuff doesn't work out you know but sometimes i've you know stuff not working out can be um the best thing for you you know to be like pushed in another direction or or led in another direction you know um you know of course then some people are going to say fuck that just stay on one thing and never give up no matter how many times and if you love something i totally agree with that but if you're like um it's like if you go to a restaurant and they say like oh we're out of spaghetti and meatballs um but we do have lasagna you know you could go well fuck it i'm not coming back you get some more fucking spaghetti and meatballs you fucking assholes or you could be like you know what lasagna's great too bring that out (laughs) Um, or like, I think like, uh, I sort of think, you know, with, if, you know, with, if you're, especially as an artist, whatever your art form is, I I think it's going back to like, I I look at everything I do as it's sort of like making brownies, you know, like I love brownies and, uh, I know other people like brownies, right. And, um, I'm going to make Try to make some good, really best brownies I can. I'm going to burn a few batches. That's going to happen. But I'm going to put out the best brownies I can make. And uh, hopefully people will uh, like those brownies. But if no one eats them, fuck it. I like brownies. Bring that plate (laughs) over here. You know? That's kind of how I think Uh, of it. You know? Yeah. Uh, is, Is just you have to just do the best you can and have fun and be psyched. Because uh, it might work out that uh, that uh, people aren't into it sometimes. But, I mean, there aren't a lot of things that I've uh, done that, I, that I'm ever like and that people didn't respond to that I'm like, what? They're fucking crazy. This is amazing. Like, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know. I, you, you kind of know when something sucks, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so, 
Yeah, throw those brownies in the trash. Um, and uh, well, Dave, Dave Hill, I love your brownies. I think you're the best. <laughs> I think you're the best. Thanks for all this wisdom that you've dropped on the wheels off, listeners. I'm sorry I rambled so much. No, this is so great. I I could talk to you all day. Um, I, and this you've been so gentle. Like this is my first uh, non in person interview for this and I'm so glad it was you because you're so easy to talk to and so nice and and it's funny that you that your big first thing of advice was to be kind because if I had to describe you that's I'd say that, that you've really lived that you've done a great job of being kind oh, thank you well thank well, you man a, wait I have to say my last thing no nope, sorry it's of, over. <laughs> I do the, the one other thing that I would say to 21 year old me is that as and I learned um and I'm I I I'm sure you you realize this also is that like despite you know love doing this and like wanting to have a career doing this and that you know whatever none of it fucking matters really like all I want to do is hang out with my friends and family and and just like eat and stuff like and laugh and it, all the other things that happen in between are just as ways to fill the time, to pass the time until you can get back to sitting down with people you love and uh, having coffee or whatever, the beverage of your choice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like nothing really, like all that other shit does not matter. And uh, kind of realizing it more and more now, uh, not to be grateful for this pandemic in any (laughs) way, but. Silver linings. Yeah, like I'm just like I, you know, I'm there's grass here and I'm throwing the ball to my dog and like my dog bringing the I'm, you know, I can't have children uh, legally, no, but I don't have kids, <laughs> so I I don't know the joy of kids uh, directly. I have some great nieces and nephews, but my dog you can probably hear barking in the background because someone pulled in. Um, when I throw the ball to her and she brings it back and drops it and like looks at me. And it's just like, come on, motherfucker, throw that ball again. <laughs> it doesn't get better than that. I mean, oh, fuck everything else compared to that for me. Little Joe Franklin. Um, little Joe Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but I imagine, uh, yeah, kids probably is that more so. <laughs> no, they're the worst. Yeah, oh. they can talk. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so listen, I'm super excited about the new comedy record. That's going to drop like two days before this will come out. So I'll tell everybody in the world that they better buy it or I'll kill them. Okay, the pride of Cleveland. Yeah, buy it or I'll jump off a building. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I I won't. I I promise I won't. Unless you want me to. No. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dave Hill. Thanks for doing Wheels Up. Thanks, Rhett. I hope I see you in person soon. Okay, so we're ending it now. But then also I can say on it, say, dude, you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Wheels Off. Please be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us appear higher in the search results and lets other folks know that it's a cool podcast to listen to. Also, as the kids say, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to shows like this so that you never miss an episode. This has been Wheels Off, and I'm Rhett Miller, encouraging you to create 
every day. Thanks, y'all. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>